You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie, and in the studio with me today, first of all, is Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello again, Mark. Hey, good day, Angie. We're continuing in our series about prayer, and we're getting closer to the end. Today's a very important topic because we really do want to talk about praying over our cities. Do you think that we can pray enough to make changes in our cities? You know, that's the golden question, and I think, I hope that listeners begin to think about that themselves and begin to ask themselves that question. Can we pray enough? Yes. I'm hoping that that really becomes super evident to all of us that I don't think that I pray enough. Like, I want people to be encouraged to take away, to say, you know what? I need to talk to God more. I need to include God more in what I'm doing. But now we're going to expand that. I'm going to go off of Acts 1-8 here for just a second, Angie. All right. Right? That we are to go be witnesses in Jerusalem, where we are, in our little world, right? Yep. And in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth, right? And so what that looks like is now let's expand this a little bit. Our Jerusalem world, which we're all in, we all have our little Jerusalem world. Well, let's expand it a little bit to Judea and Samaria. So is there such a thing as praying too much? Boy, that's a golden question. (laughs) Yeah. So if you ask a parent or in my now case, grandparent, could you ever talk too much, the parent or the grandchild to the parent, would the parent ever say, stop talking? Yeah, they probably could, but (laughs) But they won't. Right. When it comes to that relationship building, which is what prayer is, this is what we want people to see. Prayer is relationship building. Could you ever get enough? I don't think so. And I have heard, and I'm sure you guys are going to share more, but I have heard stories about churches that have started praying for their towns and their cities and major things happening right? where they are included. Amen. And so I'm interested to see what the discussion is. So today in the studio, we also have, he's kind of a stranger around here. (laughs) Unfortunately. It is Mark Boyer, our general manager. Hello. (laughs) Hello. The reason why we wanted to have Mark in is because he just got done reading this book. Tell us about the book. Well, it's entitled City of Prayer. And the gist of it is, is it just talks about these two pastors who in Austin, Texas, about 10 years ago, just had a heart for their city and seeing it come together in unity in prayer. And now 10 years later, they've been, you know, for almost that same amount of time, they've been praying for their city every day, 24 seven, like unified with other churches and other believers. So just imagine your city being prayed for every minute of every day by someone in the church or in the community. Wow. And just the, you need talked about the great things that can come from that. And just the summary in the back of the book is, it says, imagine what could be possible if your city was covered in unceasing nonstop prayer, greater unity among the churches, increased racial fellowship and reconciliation, key social needs in a city improved. And I think of, you know, we're sitting here in Bell Fountain and a lot of Ohio cities deal with this, with the drug issue. And they've talked about that in the book a little bit that, they prayed over a social need and it shrunk. Right. And you can't tell me there's not power in prayer. And that was directly related to their unceasing prayer for that topic. And then the last thing, people coming to Jesus in increased numbers. We all want that. And so, yeah, this book was just a, a great little read and a motivational tool to just say, you know what? This needs to happen in every city in America 
And that's their their heart too, is to see it just continue to roll across the country in more cities. And I can give a testimony to that as well, Mark. The very first city that we had Revive in, where I was pastoring, Greenville, Ohio, we began to see this movement. And it's like what you're describing is what we actually saw. And what we actually saw was as the community began to come together and pray and get serious about the community needs, right? Because there are some churches that are somewhat involved. There are other churches that are less involved in different facets of the city. But as we came together under the guise of prayer, let's really intentionally pray for our city. I can tell you one of the communities that we're talking about where I pastored was a great problem with drugs. It was well known. The HR leaders of the factories in that community started calling the Chamber of Commerce president and saying, can you please find us any workers that aren't addicted to drugs so that we can run our factories? So this was a a very well-known problem in the community. But what I want to share with you, Mark, as we came together and began to seriously pray over our community, we met every single week and that prayer movement grew. And I can tell you that I received an email from the county coroner uh, six months later saying we have actually seen a decrease in not only drug overdoses, but drug overdose deaths because we were praying about that particular need of the city. And guess what? That gets the attention of all the people in the city, right? Because all of a sudden, there must be some intervention happening here. And even for non-believers, they have to say, well, what changed? They have to begin to ask those questions. What happened? What what made the difference? What flattened that curve, right? <laughs> well, the churches are uniting and they're praying for this need. Okay, that's a personal testimony, which is really, really great. And I have, like I said before, I've heard some stories. What happens, let's just say, we've talked about the spiritual world and what can happen in the spiritual world and how we can pray and things can happen. We talked about Daniel, the book of Daniel. What would happen when we don't have 24-7 prayer? What do you think is happening in the spiritual world, Mark? I think this, and this is the scripture that God gave me as we were preparing for revival in our own city. And this is a very, I guess I'll say, obscure scripture, because I don't hear a lot of people quote this, but it's the scripture that God gave me, and it's in Proverbs 11, and it's verse 11. So Proverbs 11, 11 says, by the blessing of the upright, or the righteous in some translations, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. And so what we really have to ask ourselves is who's speaking on behalf of our city. And that's the thing is, are there people, and we can probably say yes, who are speaking negatively over the city? And that could be very innocent, even just um, an observation. Like you say, hey, we've got a lot of drugs in our town. Right. That right there is speaking something into existence. I don't know about you, but that's kind of how I believe. And I I do believe in the power that is in Jesus and that if we speak the words of healing and restoration and all those things, that those will come about. Because they say what you put out is basically what will come back to you, correct? Yes, yes. So I want to also interject in here, and everybody probably listening could quote this scripture, because when you talk about prayer, it always comes out, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. But what I hear a lot of Christians doing because it starts off saying, if my people 
will humble themselves and pray. Yeah, that's, that's us. God's people. Yeah. But what I hear a lot of people do is belly aching about what the world is doing. Did you hear about this law they're trying to pass? Did you hear about this situation going on in the city? Well, listen, what God is saying, if my people, though, will humble themselves and pray, because ultimately he goes on to say, then I'll heal your land. And that's really what we want is we want our land to be healed. But who's he calling and what is he calling them to do? He's calling my people to do what? Pray. Can you pray enough, Angie? Well, no. What what do you see as the condition of your city? Like, is it overran with sin or is it overran with righteousness? So mm. I have to say, who's speaking on behalf of our cities? And it's not something that we could do alone, not unless you want to stay up 24-7. Right. And so how do we, okay, maybe this is back to Mark because you read the book. How do we do this? Well, it's interesting you brought that up because I that just brought me back to Revive Logan County when we were preparing. That that was one of the things when you made the presentation of what Revive could come in and help us do. That stuck with me. I mean, I've since, you know, you just brought it back here today, but that stuck with me. What is the voice of your city? Yeah. And if we answer that question, it's like, is that what we want to be, the voice of our city? Right. And we're like, no, we want the church. Right. The people of God, the church to be the voice of the city. So yeah, that that's interesting that uh, that you brought that up. That's a, that's a good memory um, and and something that we need need to be reminded of for sure. Did you have any takeaways from the book that just really made you think differently about praying over the city? And I, mean, I guess why did you pick up the book in the first place? Yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things that I've always thought that. Prayer and reading your Bible as a Christian is the two most important things you can do because mm. it puts you in the presence of God. But it's the things that we do the least <laughs> as believers. And prayer's just been on my heart as someone who's grown up in church their whole lives. I know the importance of prayer, but it's it's taking the time to do it. And it's just like anything else that's important. This is nothing new, but you got to take time to do it. And I'm just in that point. Uh, in my life again, where I'm thinking, you know what? Because I think of the I think of the blessings in my life and the blessings of this station, and you know, with yeah, I haven't been very consistent in prayer, but right now my life is very blessed, and I think if I was more consistent and more purposeful in prayer, how much more could I be in tune with God and what He how He wants to use my life, and how much more blessing could I be to my family and to the community in which I serve. And so I got this book. Mark and I went to a prayer meeting in Columbus that he invited me to go along with, tag along, and they handed out this book. I think with probably the thought of they were trying to get this going in Columbus. Right. And that was by about six months before COVID hit. And it was just neat. And yeah, it was one of those, hey, nice book, put it on the shelf and finally (laughs) pulled it out. Uh, I did a personal retreat at the beginning of the year, just went away for a few days by myself and made it a purpose to take this book along and read it and just was just felt like God really moved my heart to say, you know what, we need to do this here in Bell Fountain. I mean, we have some good relationships here with the church and I right off the bat I thought, you know what, I bet the church, the pastors here would be excited about coming together and doing this. And with what happened, you know, here recently with the feeding of the five thousand, I think there's that's just started some great momentum again in our community here in Bell Fountain. And so yeah, it's Something that I want to step out and try to help get going. We're all busy, but 
Uh, but this, this is important. This, this, is, this, this needs to move to the top of the list. This yeah, is I mean, so important. If this is the most important thing, if this is the thing that can change right. the circumstances in the area, then why not put it at their top priority? Right. Now, the thing is, I believe firmly that when you expose light to something that's dark, it can no longer be hidden, right? right. So let's talk about for just a moment, what are the things that are objections? Why wouldn't the people of God want to come together and pray over their city? Right. What do you think? So let me think about this, Angie. So if my heart is moved toward God, and like Mark said, if I spend time with the Lord in prayer, in personal prayer to the Lord, and he starts unctioning me in that prayer time to reach out and connect and pray, now I want you to pray in that conversation. And the Lord says, now I want you to begin to pray for your community. Well, what is community, Angie? It's more than just me. So now guess what? If the Lord starts stirring my heart, I want you to pray for the community. Now what that involves is I need to start reaching out to my community and inviting others into the same prayer thing. So God moves upon people's hearts. The scripture I want to take us to today is in Genesis 18. So here's a picture of a conversation, which is prayer time, between God and Abraham. And here's what he says in verse 20 of Genesis 18. And the Lord said, because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. So God is saying to Abraham, listen, the outcry of these cities because the sin is bad, right? And it's grievous. What does that mean? It grieves God's heart. So he's bringing this in this personal prayer time up to Abraham. And Abraham gets moved to begin to do what? Pray for his city. I don't want to go through and read all of it. And the Lord said, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it and has come to me. And if not, I will know. And then what happens is Abraham begins to plead for his city. And he says, Lord, okay, here's where the community piece comes in. In verse 24, but Lord, listen, if I can find 50 righteous, if I can find 50 people that will join with me, will you spare the city? And the Lord said, I will. He goes on in verse 29, but what if I can find 40? Goes on in verse 30, but what if I can find 30? You see what I'm saying? Here's, here's the community. And Abraham is reaching out and pleading for the city on the behalf of the city. And then he says in verse 32, what if I can find 10? If you read the whole story, you'll see. But listen, this is community. And so what Abraham is doing is he's reaching out to God and saying, if I can find 50 or 40 or 30 or even 10 of us to come together to pray, God, will you spare our city? Because their sin is great. And did he find those 10? He didn't, right? <laughs> How many were in his immediate family that got out of there? Yeah, it was... I think uh, it was like six. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the bottom line is what? On behalf of the righteous, okay, going back to Proverbs eleven eleven, by the blessing of the upright, the city can be spared. It can be exalted. It can be spared, but it can be overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Of course, we could go on and on and on about when the angels came to Sodom and visited Lot's family and, oh, it was a mess. But the, right. the bottom line is this. God was willing 
to mm-hmm. hear the prayers of the righteous, whoever they were, in order to spare. And I think that's the truth. I think that it, when it comes right down to it, it is a personal answer that people have to give. Do we believe that God will answer? That's it. And I don't think, I mean, I think that if if people honestly believe that God would answer in favor of healing our city and right. healing our nation, if they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that as soon as they prayed, it would happen, don't you think they would do more of it? I do. Did they address that in the book, Mark? I think that's part of, you know, the answer to your question is, why don't people want to get together and pray? It's because it's not always a microwave answer, instant. <laughs> That's is what I call it. I mean, sometimes we might have to pray for a year before God moves. Well, you said the last one was 10 years, right? These guys have been praying for 10 years, and I've heard that. Well, It the, takes commitment. Yeah, well, and, and I guess maybe I didn't form it right that, you know, they've been doing this for 10 years, and they've seen great things over oh, 10 years. over the 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. the point is, we still have to fight that spiritual battle, and prayer is the way we fight. Right. And it's not like you're going to pray for a year and then stop. I mean, it's right, something that exactly. should just go on forever till Jesus returns or I'm taken home. So, but you hope that that's part of that legacy building in a community and unity building. It's that it's carried on by the generations that, to come. That is a very good point. There is a legacy. Yes. And we have to think about our children. And our children are under a lot of attack right, right. now in schools and even in the generation. I mean, I know this in my mind. It's just got to continue down to my heart and into action. It's just like, there's nothing greater we can do. You, you ever heard that phrase where people say, well, I guess we can pray about it. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, right. You know, or, well, all that's left to do is pray. Well, no. That's, that's not all that's left. That's <laughs> all to do. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So we should, our mindful thing is to be, to pray first. And I guess, yeah, I'm encouraged by this book. Right. Just reigniting that passion for prayer and not only for myself and my life, but just to see who's willing to come together and start praying for Bell Fountain. And I think we're in a unique position as a radio station that, hey, we could start at Bell Fountain, then we could go to Kenton, then we could right. go to Marysville, and we could go to Urbana. And Yeah, there's and sh- a plenty of places to go to. Yeah, I mean, just all the cities that we're in, uh, the counties, you know, whatever it may be, that we can just start getting people together to pray. So let me ask you, if you, both of you, were to speak to pastors right now, if they were listening right now, what would be your plea? My thing is this, and the book reminds us of this, and we every pastor knows this, but just remember this. What angered Jesus the most when he turned over the tables in the temple? And what was his response when he was turning over the tables in the temple? That it has said, my house shall be a house of prayer. A house of prayer. And you know what? Listen, that's not to guilt anyone, but you know what? Just as a reminder, that's what Jesus said my house ought to be. And so let me share this little nugget because this actually came from Logan County. This quote, this so encouraged me and it set the ground level for me and launched me into the urgency of this. And a local church pastor said to his board, he said, I want to ask us all. This is a this is a question. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this because I'm not going to name the church, but I'm going to say this because it burned in my heart. And here's what he said. Are we a church that prays or are we a praying church? And that struck me because I'm like, if I'm a pastor, Angie, I'd have to consider answering that own question. Like, are we a church that because the liturgy says we pray here, we pray here, we pray here, we pray before our meal, 
or we pray in the opening part of the service, or we pray at the end of it for a benediction or whatever. Are we a church that prays as a part of the program? Or are we a praying church that every ministry that we do in our church, the center of it is prayer? You see what I'm saying? So if it's the men's ministry or the women's ministry or whatever that is, is prayer the center of that? And for me, that struck gold. And then when I read this book, it just started to, I guess, expand on that. And I thought, man, that's what we all need to ask ourselves, man. Are we praying without ceasing? And it's back to, there's got to be a sacrifice in there somewhere. Mm. I mean, it's a commitment. Yeah, we've got things to do. And yeah, you might think you ought to be able to just pray on the go. Okay, so do that. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Let's let's actually do that. And Mark, what about you? What's your plea to the pastors and and those believers out there? You know, I've just gotten to the point where you just take information to people and you encourage them, but I'm not going to twist your arm. Hey, we're going to do this. If you want to come along and be a part of it, great. But if you don't, hey, that's your decision. I'm not going to beg you, but I would hope that you would see the importance in this and want to come together with fellow believers to to do this. And those are the decisions they have to make. I've never been a pastor, but I understand why there's some skepticism sometimes because they get bombarded a lot with these programs that come in and out of town. Yeah. And they've just been burned so many times that they're like, I don't need to waste my time on something that's not going to stick again. And that's my hope. You know, there used to be a young adult group here in the in Logan County called Common Ground. It's now actually a church by the same name because of someone who was involved in that group. But they had a, a prayer ministry called Prayer Active. And I want to I want to revive that here in this area as a starting point for this. And it's neat because there's already a Facebook page. So <laughs> as a way to communicate, but prayer active. I mean, prayer is not sitting on the sidelines. It's active. It's an action word, or we should treat it that way. So I'm excited to get going. Yeah. You know, obviously I read this book in January. It's, it's uh, almost the end of March here. And so, yeah, it's time to get going, and especially based on the year that we've had, you know, the past, I don't know, 15 months now. And, you know, not only the pandemic, but just some things that are happening in our world and even our nation. Yeah. We got to call on the heart of God for sure to get our focus back right. You know, it's interesting because um, I just recently was covering Luke chapter 21, and this is all about Jesus coming back and him warning the people. And he says in Luke 21, verse 36, he says, be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. I mean, he is telling us to be watchful and to be praying. I mean, I don't know how many times he has to say it in the word <laughs> for us to get it. Listen, once people understand that prayer works and that they have this incredible power at their disposal, there are things that can happen. We just need to start there. Amen. People need to just make a conscious commitment to praying. And we have ways for them to do that. We have a prayer app that they can jump on and they can start praying because we have our leadership and we have our pastors. The pastor's They've been feeling it, and and they need to have a lot of prayer as well. But just like what Mark was saying, we've got to start praying for our communities. And so how can people get in touch with you if they would like to jump on board, if they really feel the call to to jump on board? Yeah, if you're 
here in Logan County, we're ready to get going. I'm going to reach out to a number of pastors that I know just to get it started. But at the same time, going to give every pastor contact that I have at least the opportunity to come be a part of this. Because the neat thing about this book is it of what they've done in Austin is they've taken like seven things that they feel like they need to pray for consistently. And it's just those seven things. And that's the neat thing. It's like, okay, we're not, there's a lot of things we can pray for, but let's pray for these, whatever number of things it is. Let's just say seven, great biblical number. Right. <laughs> so that'd be the first step in this is getting together and say, okay, what are the things that we need to pray for? What's Yeah, what's big right what's now? What's big in our community? Obviously, the drug problem is one. Yes. I mean, but, but we need to pray for our schools or, you know. Families. Or yeah, just, there's so much. But there might be some more specific things because mm-hmm. every community is different. Right. And that was the interesting thing about Austin is that they weren't praying for a drug problem. Right. So maybe they don't have one. Hmm. Uh, but they saw, you know, there was other things. So, you know, whether we're reach, talking to the pastors or reaching out to our government leaders in our community, I mean, they could certainly tell us what things that they deal yeah. with and they feel like it's important. So. Yeah, just excited to get this going and that one day we can work up that every minute of every day, Logan County, Bell Fountain is being prayed for. Mm, That's true. Yeah, so I want to share a story here, Angie, before we wrap up of what the Lord said to me specifically in a prayer time about a month ago. And he spoke to my heart because I'm praying for revival because that's what we're all about. That's why we're called Revive Ohio, because we're all about reviving Ohio and the nation. But here's the thing the Lord said to me. I've been praying for revival and I'm crying out to the Lord, Lord, we want revival. And he said to me, you you really want revival? And I said, yes, yes, Lord, I really want revival. He says, you want to see my hand move? Yes, Lord, that is exactly what I want. I want to see your hand move in these communities. And he said, then what I need you to do is revive prayer. And I was oh, like, amen. what? Yeah. It seemed it's, so elementary. But so true. And I was like, well, now wait a minute, Lord. You know, because we do that. Because we are big on prayer. If you've if you've walked with us in Revive, you know that we have a huge emphasis on prayer. But he's saying, revive prayer again. Mm. And then he reminds me, and the book covers this. Jesus told his disciples at the end of Luke and the beginning of Acts... He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And that was what? The Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, he came because what were they doing prior to that meeting when when they were together in one accord? They were praying. They were praying. They were having a prayer meeting and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon and them. And it was not a short one. Right. They were committed. They were back to Mark's point. We're in a microwave society. That's it. And and people just don't want to take the time. But let's let's do it. I want to see things move. And we're not going to have revival until we are revived and it starts with personal prayer. It does. So what I'm going to say and Mark kind of convicted me of this. Thank you, Mark. Uh, we're we're asking, right? No, seriously. We are asking you to please come and consider joining us in prayer for our community. Because this is the heartbeat of God, right? And as we saw here, Abraham saw it coming and he began to plead. Mm-hmm. Like, do we see it coming? <laughs> Literally, and, you know what I'm who? saying? Who Everybody's right now? talking about it right now. Like, who is pleading right now yeah. for this town? Right. And who? And there's people listening from all over. Who is pleading right now for your town? Amen. And they can, and Mark Boyer, he's got lots of connections in other towns. So, yeah doesn't matter where they live. They need to call the radio station and tell us where you're ready to go. Right. And we'll help guide you. Yep. So 
for final wrap up for this program today, we want to encourage you to get involved. We want to encourage you to reach out to Shine FM. Let us know that you're hearing this, you're inspired, you're moved, you want to join in prayer because we want to see prayer cover the communities 24-7 eventually. That's our goals. But here's the thing. So you may be already praying. Here's the thing the Lord checked me on a couple of days ago, Angie. Don't just assume nobody else is praying. But there are people and there are groups even that are praying already. But part of it is an awareness thing. Well, okay, that's cool. Thank you for praying. Thank you for taking to this. Let's just connect. That's what community is. Connections and prayer movements coming together to cover the city. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to tune in again next week. And you've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.